We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, Daniel, is it possible for Einstein, the famous scientist, to be wrong? Well, I get a lot of crackpots in my inbox every week claiming to have proven Einstein wrong because it's every physicist's number one fantasy to prove that the most famous scientist of all time could have made a mistake. Well, I have the proof here for you. Uh, I heard that Einstein, he was right about a lot of things, but I heard that he predicted that we would never see gravitational waves. That's right. And then scientists actually found these crazy little features of the universe. So uh, so he was wrong, right? I mean, technically, he uh, was wrong in that he predicted that physicists couldn't prove him right. Yeah, it's a small victory, but technically, we've proven Einstein wrong. We'll take it. We'll take it. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Now, I am a cartoonist. And I'm a particle physicist. I draw comics called PhD Comics Online. And I do research at the Large Hadron Collider, smashing protons together to try to figure out what the universe is made out of and explain it to you. Yeah, we just like talking about this crazy stuff that our universe is made of and how it works. We basically think of what could people out there be be interested in? What kind of questions does an everyday person have about the universe? And we thought, let's dig into that and explain it. Today on the program, we're going to talk about gravitational waves. What is a gravitational wave? That's today's topic. What are they? How wavy are they? And will they make you gravitationally seasick? (laughs) It's a grave topic today. (laughs) It's a grave, grave topic. This topic, we hope, won't put you in your grave. That's right. It'll make you feel lighter, actually. (laughs) Even though it's a pretty heavy topic. (laughs) You probably know what gravity is. You probably know what a wave is. But we went out in the street and we asked people, do they know what a gravitational wave is? Here's what they had to say. A wave of gravity, kind of like how it acts on people. 
the only thing that I might take a guess is gravitational waves is because something that's reflected from the sun. Uh, no, I've heard of gravity, not gravitational waves. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, so most people have heard of the word gravity. That was encouraging. That's good. <laughs> that's encouraging from your just like a general sense of what do people out there know. Yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, like it's not, uh, well, it, it's kind of an interesting concept, right? Because it, gravitational waves, it's like two things everybody knows about, gravity and waves. And it's like you put them together, suddenly it's this whole new thing nobody knows about. That's right. And frankly, it surprised me how little people knew about it. Because pe- some people had heard of the topic, but knew almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Some people really had no idea what it was. But for me, as a physicist, this is something that made a huge splash in the in the physics community. It made re- enormous waves, jokes aside, <laughs> when it was discovered a few years ago. I mean, it's the kind of thing where they discovered it and almost immediately won the Nobel Prize for it. That's a big deal. Yeah. But th- I guess the, the truth is that I had never heard about it until the big discovery was announced, you know, and I'm pretty sort of plugged into research and physicists. Um, but no, I had I had no idea what these things were until I started hearing from physicists like, hey, we think there's a big discovery about to be announced. That's right. There were rumors bubbling around for a while. But I don't think you're unusual. I think before the discovery, nobody outside of physics had really heard of gravitational waves. And even most people inside physics thought it was kind of a crazy backwater subfield that might not ever amount to anything. <laughs> but once it happened, there's this huge splash and publicity and everything. You'd think it spread around the world and everybody would remember, but I guess it's faded. Maybe if we'd done this a couple of years ago, just after the announcement, people might know more or remember more or at least be better at pretending they knew something about it, right? Right. Or maybe it's just kind of a reflection of how we're all trapped in our little bubbles these days, you know? Like what feels like a huge deal that it's all over the media to us. Maybe somebody who lives in another media bubble has, it doesn't make it to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, one of the fun things about these interviews is hearing people trying to figure it out as they're talking to me. (laughs) You know, like, "Mm, maybe it has something to do with the sun or like it has waves on people or something. I think that's uh, pretty insightful for some psychologists to dig into. Right. And it's been a big deal in the physics community for a while. I mean, the project that discovered these gravitational waves a few years ago, LIGO, that's been going on for years and years. It's It's like one of the most expensive physics experiments ever, right? It's been going on for a long time. It's not one of the most expensive. It's only 600 and something million dollars. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even say that phrase Short without laughing. Do a particle physics. I know. From, from the point of view of like the LHC, which is 10 billion. Yeah, this is a pretty cheap experiment. But the amazing thing is that it's been going on for decades before it got results. I mean, they've been working on this since the 70s and 80s and they've been getting funding with no discovery for decades. That's the kind of crazy blue sky research that I think is wonderful, but is happening less and less these days. Well, let's break it down. What is a gravitational wave? Right. So a gravitational wave, simply put, a gravitational wave is a ripple in space, right? Space itself is not emptiness. It's not the backdrop of the universe. It's not nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a physical dynamical thing. It's like we're fish swimming through water, right? And space is is our water. And so it turns out because space can do things like bend and expand, it can also ripple. And so a gravitational wave is a ripple in space itself. Mm, So like if you were a fish your whole life and you were just moving through water, you wouldn't think of the water as a thing. It would just be the thing you're moving around in, right? That's right. You might not even notice that it's there unless it did something or had some effect on you, right? Mm. And so if you're a fish, you notice, oh, look, there are currents and I can surf those or whatever. 
And so we're starting to notice the space is doing some stuff, and that's what makes us pay attention to it. Okay, so a gravitational wave is a ripple of the space itself. Like the space itself we're in actually kind of ripples. Yeah, and I think people might have an easier time understanding ripples if they start first by thinking about other things that space can do, which are similar, like space bending. Mm. So space is three dimensions. Yeah, that we know of, right? That we know of, yeah. Down, forward, backward, left, right. But it's hard to imagine space bending in 3D, so it's easier to think of it in two dimensions. Mm -hmm. So a typical example is think of like a big rubber sheet. That's space. Well, space can be bent when you have big, heavy objects sitting on it. Like like if you put a big bowling ball onto a rubber sheet, it's going to distort it. And then if you, for example, if you roll a marble across that sheet, it's not going to anymore move in a straight line. It's going to move like in an orbit. Or if you've ever, you know, spun a coin uh, down one of those crazy parabolic things in a museum and, mm-hmm. and it, seen it do, do crazy orbits, space gets bent by mass. And that's what makes things go around the sun, for example. So space is not like a flat, stiff sheet. It's like this kind of wobbly kind of thing that we're rolling along in. That's right. We're rolling along it. We're moving in what seems like the most natural path, the straightest line for us, unless you get pushed in some direction. But if there's a big, heavy thing near us, like the Earth or the sun, pretty big, massive stuff in the universe, then it bends that space and affects sort of the natural straight line we would travel in. Right. And so people can practice thinking about space bending by understanding how big, heavy masses can distort space, affecting the way that we move through it. And the subtle bit there is in the rubber sheet analogy, the two-dimensional rubber sheet is bending into the third dimension, right? Which doesn't exist in the 2D rubber sheet Mm. universe. Um, But in the full 3D example in the real universe that we're in, our space is not bending in some hidden higher fourth dimensional universe. The bending is intrinsic. It's the relationship of objects in that space. If you want to ask like, what's the shortest distance through space for these two points, that's affected by this bending of the space between them. Oh, so it's kind of like the um, like the relationship between things in space is what's changing, what's getting distorted. Exactly, the relationship between things in space. And when I first started thinking about this, like space as a thing, even as a physicist, it's pretty hard to think about because you imagine space as being defined by distances or as you say, like the, the relationship between things. Mm-hmm. And so I always wondered like, how could you even tell if space is bending? Because wouldn't your rulers bend also? Like, don't you need some like absolute external yardstick to notice if space is bending? Mm-hmm. But you you would notice it, wouldn't you? Like, if I'm near a distorted space and I take my ruler ruler and I point it one way, I would measure something differently than if I pointed it another way. Yeah, exactly right. And that depends a little bit on how your ruler is built, right? If your ruler is built out of molecules, like most rulers, and those molecules have a a distance between them that's fixed by like their, you know, the forces between them, like, you know, a standard wooden ruler is held together by chemical bonds, Mm -hmm. then those bonds are going to be stronger than like any space stretching. And so a ruler like that is not going to be affected by space getting stretched. And so it it would certainly notice. Mm. But say, for example, your ruler was like a bunch of equidistant Uh, pebbles floating in space, Mm -hmm. right? Then if space stretched, you wouldn't even notice because the distances between those, the pebbles would grow and shrink as well and you would have no comparison. Oh, you mean like if you you measure distances kind of like they do in my home country of Panama, it's not like you look it up in a GPS map, it's more like, okay, you go down this street and then you make a right at the McDonald's and you make a left at the gas station (laughs) and that's how you get to my house. Then if, if like the terrain changed, I wouldn't notice a difference because I would still... 
use these landmarks. You still get to McDonald's, yeah. exactly, and you still take a ride. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so if, if there's like an earthquake and suddenly McDonald's is much further away, it's still like, you know, it's one McDonald's away still, right? Well, this is a perfect spot to take a break. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place, full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So space is this squishy thing that we're living in. It's not like a big vacuum or an empty warehouse. It's like this squishy thing and it's been squished by things that are heavy and that can affect how far things are apart from each other. So now a ripple is like, what is that then? Like a ripple in water? Is it similar to like a ripple, like if a fish is a ripple gravitation wave, like a ripple in the water, you know, like if there's an explosion underwater, we would feel that sort of shock wave. That's exactly what it is, yeah. And so if you have two really heavy objects, for example, spinning around each other, or one really massive object that's accelerated, the gravitational field from that object is going to change really quickly, right? So imagine a static object has a gravitational field around it. Mm -hmm. If that object accelerates or moves really, uh, its velocity is changed really quickly, then the gravitational field itself is going to change. And the wiggle in the field caused by the acceleration of that object is a ripple, right? It's going to travel through space outward from that object. So imagine you take like a rock. Mm -hmm. It has a gravitational field. A rock is going to be bending space around it. And then if you move that rock, mm -hmm. something far away is not going to notice instantaneously that you move the rock. It can't tell 
that the gravity has changed yet because the information about the rock moving travels at the speed of light. Oh, so even gravity can only move at the speed of light. That's right. Everything in the universe that carries information can only move at the speed of light or slower. And so, for example, say the sun disappeared magically. Mm -hmm. The Earth wouldn't notice for eight minutes. What? Because that's how long it takes for light from the sun and for the gravity from the sun to reach us. So the path of the Earth wouldn't be affected for eight minutes. So there'd be eight minutes where there was no sun, but the Earth would just keep going like, hey, we wouldn't see it gone either, right? Because the light would also take eight minutes to get here. That's right. The sun could have disappeared five minutes ago and we would have no idea. Don't rush outside and look at the sun, everybody. Please don't. Now I'm scared, Daniel. Anyway, in that scenario, there's nothing you can do in that scenario. So there's no point in preparing for it. Okay. But the point is that yep. the gravitational information moves through space the same speed everything else does. And so if something is changing really quickly, then that like increasing gravity, decreasing gravity would sort of travel, would take a while to get to me. And we, I would see that as kind of a wave. Mm -hmm. Like a ripple. Yeah, exactly. Imagine somebody's turning the sun on and off. It exists, it disappears. It exists, it disappears. Mm -hmm. Then the gravitational field of the sun, this bending of space, is going to disappear and then snap back and disappear and snap back. And what we would see on Earth is gravity turning on and off and on and off. And those would be enormous ripples in, in a gravitational field, yeah. Wow. Well, I think what's cool is that, you know, everyone talks about it like it's... Um, it has to be like two black holes or something huge and massive, but it's really like everything generates gravitational waves, right? Like you and I, if I move my arms back and forth, it, I'm generating gravitational waves. That's right. Uh, and you happen to be a very magnetic person or a <laughs> gravitational person, so I sense those waves from you, Jorge. I'm, gl I'm glad you um, didn't say heavy. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I was about to say that and I was trying to steer clear of it. Um, yeah, you're right. Everything that has mass bends space. And anything that has mass and is accelerated will be generating gravitational waves. But the thing for people to remember is that gravity is super duper crazy, ridiculously weak, mm. which is why, for example, if you're sitting next to somebody in a train, you don't feel a literal gravitational force between you. There is one there, but you can't even sense it because it's so tiny compared to the gravitational force of you and the Earth. No matter how attractive that person is. That's right. You might be feeling other forces <laughs> and, you know, feel free to act on that or not. Or not, yeah. Up to you. There's no physics advice about whether or not to approach people on a train. But your point is correct. Everything is generating gravitational waves that has mass and is accelerating. Right, but they're so weak. Yeah, you need something really, really huge in order to be able to detect them. Okay, well, let's talk about how we even came up with this idea of a gravitational wave, right? Who sits around thinking, hey, I wonder if ripple, if gravity and space-time itself can generate waves? <laughs> well, your first guess would probably be right in that case, because the first person to think about that was Albert Einstein, right? Everybody's go-to scientist. In this case, it is exactly right. He came up with this theory of, of general relativity, and the core idea in that theory is that gravity is not a force, but a bending of space. And so a very natural consequence of his theory was that if things accelerate, then it would make these ripples in the bending of space. And, and those ripples he called gravitational waves. Oh, I see. It's like once you come up with the idea that space can bend, and that, and that also this information about space bending can travel faster than light, then you naturally are left with the idea that um, you can have these waves traveling through space for gravity. Yeah, exactly. But a funny wrinkle in the story, or ripple in the story, if you like, <laughs> is that Einstein, he thought about these things as sort of a theoretical possibility or an abstract idea. But he, I think he wrote in his paper, he's like, he 
said, but we could never discover these because they're too small. Even Einstein, who predicted these things, thought it would be impossible for us to ever detect them. Which is like, even more kudos to the experimentalists for proving Einstein wrong by proving him right. Wow. So even Einstein didn't think that it would be possible to measure these, but they've done it. They did it a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you know, there's one way in which I personally agreed with Einstein because I remember when I was choosing where to go for graduate school, mm -hmm. I was visiting various institutions and thinking about what physics they were doing. And I went to Caltech and Caltech is one of the leading institutions on LIGO. And I was actually got to talk to one of the leading scientists on it at the time. He was telling me about, about this project and I thought, wow, this sounds cool, but really hard and basically impossible. And I would be crazy to sign up to do a PhD on this. Wow. I thought, they're never going to see these things. It's impossible and ridiculous. More power to you, but I'm going to go do particle physics. On that note, let's take a quick break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right, it's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place, full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months a premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 
bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The scale of the problem is insane, right? Like it's first of all, you need uh, something momentous happening, like two black holes spinning around each other so fast and just about to like crash together, right? Yeah, really, really massive objects, and you need a lot of acceleration also. As you say, for example, black holes smashing into each other does that. And the reason is that the very last moment before the black holes collide into each other, they're moving super fast. There's a huge acceleration there. Oh, because, you know, we think of black holes crashing like they they travel in a straight line and they crash into each other, but they don't, right? They actually kind of get close to each other and then they start circling each other and then that circling gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, exactly. They spin around each other a little bit. Um, unless you build like a black hole collider to shoot them exactly at each <laughs> other. And, you know, anybody out there who knows how to do that, give me a call. Yeah. But if two natural black holes that approach each other are going to already have some relative angular momentum, mm-hmm. so they're going to keep that relative spin from each other, so they're going to keep that. And then they're just going to spin around each other. As they get closer and closer to have the same angular momentum, they're going to have to go faster and faster. Kind of like when you flush the toilet, you know, two things floating there, spin around each other. And then as they get closer and closer, they start spinning really, really fast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The dark matter in your toilet. (laughs) The the other from the black hole. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it spins around each other. I was going to say more like an ice skater. An ice skater. Who right, spins yeah. around faster and faster as she pulls her arms in. But yes, uh, also dark matter in your toilet does the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and then right, be- right before it flushes down, it's spinning so fast, that's when these it generates massive gravitational waves, right? That's the idea. That's right. So Jorge's takeaway from this topic is every time you flush the toilet, you're generating gravitational waves. Which is true. Which is technically which true. Which is technically accurately yes. true. Yes. 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 And you have a physicist now on record saying that. Um, but in the case of the cosmic toilet, you know, uh-huh. when black holes actually <laughs> swish around each other and, and flush themselves away, uh-huh. um, what happens is you get these ripples. And when the ripple passes through Earth, it squeezes the space in one direction and stretches it in the other. That's the effect of the ripple on Earth. Uh-huh. So if we want to see it, we have to have a very accurate ruler pointing in two directions, one 90 degrees from the other. So we can see a squeeze in one way and a stretch in the other direction at the same time. So the direction of the wave um, tells you where it was coming from also. Mm. And you want to calibrate yourself by having uh, measurements in the direction of the wave and 90 degrees. Also, because you don't know which direction a wave is going to come from, you want to make sure to be sensitive to it no matter where it comes. So you have two basically really careful rulers that are 90 degrees or arranged from each other so you can be sensitive to any direction. But it's crazy because even though these are generated by two colliding black holes, by the time they get to us, these waves are like really faint, right? Yeah, they really are tiny. I mean, Einstein had a good point. In order to see these things, you have to see space shrink by one factor in 10 to the 20, right? That's 10 with 20 zeros after it. It's like if you had a, a meter stick that was 10 to the 20 meters long, you would have to see it shrink by one meter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or if you wanted to see something shrink by like a millimeter, you'd have to have a a yardstick that's like, you know, uh, 10 sextillion meters long or something crazy. Uh, It's really ridiculous. It's like the size of our solar system, right? Yeah, I think so. 
And so you can imagine, not only is it really hard to see things that are small, but other things are affecting you, right? Not, not that anything else is shaping space that same way, but if you have a, a ruler, how do you even know how long it is to 10 to the 20, right? To one part in 10 to the 20. Wow. How do you detect um, when it's wiggling? Like if you just heat up your ruler, it's going to get a little longer. If you, sh if you cool down your ruler, it's going to get a little shorter. Man. So the experimental trouble of seeing something so tiny <clears throat> is really, really, it's, it's really difficult. And it's really an amazing um, coup de grace that they, they pulled it off. So it's like if I was standing on one end of the solar system and you were standing on the other side of the solar system, it would be like asking like, hey, Daniel, did you feel the space between us shrink by one millimeter? Exactly. That's, that's crazy. It's pretty crazy. And so in order to do it, they had to come up with some pretty crazy technology. Mm -hmm. The way they do it is really awesome and beautiful. I mean, there's fascinating theoretical stuff, but the experimental side of it I love also because they had to come up with new techniques that nobody had ever used before. So this is the LIGO project, right? L-I-G-O? Yeah, that's right. LIGO stands for Laser Interferometric, I think, Gravitational Observatory. Okay. LIGO. Not to be confused with LEGO. <laughs> That's right. LEGO's almost as expensive as LIGO. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the way they do it is they have these two rulers that are, you know, four kilometers long each, and they shoot a beam of laser light all the way down this tunnel, and then it bounces off a mirror and comes back. And they do that simultaneously along both legs. Mm -hmm. And then when the lasers come back, they can tell how far the, the light went by comparing how many wiggles it's made. Oh, it's kind of like, um, like a relay race, right? Like you send a laser beam out and then you measure how long it takes for it to come back. And that's how you know how far it went. Yeah, but you don't need to measure the time because lasers are light and light is, has wave-like properties and so it wiggles. Mm -hmm. So if you send out two beams of lasers um, and then they, at the same direction and they bounce off mirrors and come back, they're going to be wiggling all the way there and wiggling all the way back. And when they come back, they should be the same place in their wiggle, right? Either up or down. Mm -hmm. And if they're in the same place in their wiggle, they'll add up together. If they're at opposite places in their wiggle, like... One of them went a little bit further, and now instead of being in the up wiggle, it's at the down wiggle, then those two will add up to be zero. Destructive interference. And so that's the interferometer part of the, of, the, of the experiment, is that they send out these two pulses of lasers, and when they come back, they see, are they interfering positively by adding up on top of each other, or interfering negatively by canceling each other out? Um. If they're interfering negatively... It means one of them wiggled a little bit longer than the other one or a little bit shorter, and now they're out of sync. I see. So it's not like you're measuring whether the distance in one direction change, you're measuring whether it changed relative to the other direction. Exactly. And that's what these waves do. They shrink space in one direction and stretch it in the other direction. Exactly. And so that's what you're looking for. And they actually have multiple observatories. They have one in Louisiana and one in Washington State. And they're finishing one or just finished one in Italy, and they're building other ones around the world. And the idea, and they're all pointed in different directions and they're different locations. So you can use those multiple telescopes to tell you, like, is it real, you know, or is it just like a semi truck driving over it, which is shaking all of my mirrors? Or, and you can also do it to tell, like, where did it come from? Because if it landed in Washington before it landed in Louisiana, then you can tell which direction it came from. You can use it to sort of triangulate. It's interesting how the word telescope changes, right? Because of physicists, right? Like people think of, of a telescope as this tube that uh, you look through uh, to tell how far ships are away from you or something or how, how far land is. That's a telescope. And nowadays, telescope 
in science way means, you know, it could mean a giant antenna or it could mean like an array of antennas or it could be like these crazy long laser tunnels spread all over the world. Like you call that a telescope. Yeah, well, I think telescope, I'm not a linguist, but I think telescope essentially means seeing far away. Mm. And so you can just generalize it to mean we don't have to see only with light, right? We can see with other things. And so you're right. And I think that's an awesome use of the word telescope because as we invent new kinds of technologies and new kinds of telescopes, it gives us other ways to look out into the universe. Right. And, you know, we're in this tiny little dot in a corner of the universe, desperately drinking in the information that the universe is sending to us. It's wonderful to imagine, can we have another way to listen to the universe? Can we have another way to get information about where we are and what's going on around us? Well, that's what people say it's so significant about the discovery of gravitational waves is that it gives us another way to listen to the universe, right? That's what people say. They, it's like a new way of listening to the universe. Yeah, that's right. And it is amazing and dramatic. Um, a couple of quibbles, though. Sometimes Uh-oh. people say it's the first time we have another way to listen to the universe, right? They say, forever we've been doing astronomy using only light, and now we have a second method it's not exactly true because we have also have particles. For example, we've been using neutrinos to look at the universe and we've been detecting neutrinos uh, for a while now. So it is true that we're adding to our, our tool belt by adding gravitational waves and it's hugely important and fascinating. Mm-hmm. But it's not the first time we have a new tool in our belt. Uh, so primarily before, the only way we even know about the rest of the universe or, or what's going on is by the light or the particles that come to us. Yeah, the photons from stars and from other galaxies. Yeah, it's all been photons. Like the radio waves, those are all photons and, and, and light, different kinds of light. But now, in addition to particles and light, we have this other way of like knowing what's going on elsewhere in the universe, which is these gravitational waves. Mm-hmm. And it's really important, not just because it's, ooh, cool, new, shiny tool, which is fun, but because gravitational waves can do things that particles can't. Right, Gravitational waves are not moving through space, so they're not like blocked the way things move through space are, right? There's no dust cloud that can block a gravitational wave. Oh, they don't get like attenuated if they hit a big black hole or something? Well, they can be they're attenuated the further away you are, right? Like everything else, they spread out through space and they get weaker and weaker, but they can't be blocked by matter. I mean, they can get, oh. they can, if you have another gravitational wave, you can, they can get reflected or distorted or something. But it's a, it penetrates through things which are otherwise invisible to us and can send us messages uh, from inside things that otherwise would be opaque to us. And so it's a really powerful, fascinating new tool. It really is like we're opening up a new kind of eye to the universe for the first time. Mm-hmm. One of the other crazy things about gravitational waves is that we had no idea how often they came, right? One tricky thing is, can you see them at all? Right. The second tricky thing was, are there any anyway? Right. It could have been that we're really good at seeing them. We developed this amazing technology. We're super sensitive to these tiny little effects, but they only come once every 100 years. You mean like the, the kinds of events that would generate them in a large enough way for us to detect uh, may not be happening as, as often as we think. Like these black holes crashing into each other or these neutron stars flushing down the toilet. <laughs> Maybe these, these things were rare, right? Yeah, we didn't know, right? And But the first time that they turned on the experiment uh, with their new powerful capability, they've been incrementally improving it for decades, mm-hmm. but when they first got to the place where they thought, okay, now we really think we can see them, they saw one within like a day of the first time they turned it on. It was incredible. Wow. And now they've been seeing many, many, many. They have like a, a huge pile of these things they've been studying. And so that's really exciting. Because it could have been that you turned on this new telescope and the universe was just really quiet and there was nothing, didn't really have anything to say. But it turns out it's got a lot to say and these things happen more often than people hoped. 
And so now we can learn more about like things like black holes crashing, right? And neutron stars crashing and what happens in those like extreme moments of physics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think one of the really exciting things is that we have this new eye on the universe, this new way to look at the universe. And in addition, there's cool stuff to see, right? So one of the cool things they saw recently was not just two black holes colliding, but two neutron stars colliding. And the fascinating thing about that is that they saw it through the gravitational waves. And at the same time, they saw it through telescopes using normal light. So they could see these two things happening through two kinds of vision overlaid on top of each other. Mm-hmm. That was really pretty awesome. Yeah, I like the way they always describe the, this project, which is, which is very poetic, I feel like. It's like they always say, imagine if you're um, deaf your whole life. I mean, you could look, look around you, but you couldn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, somebody gives you the ability to hear stuff. And so now you not only can you see stuff with light, uh, but you can also kind of hear them through this whole other channel. Yeah, there's some poetry there. Sometimes I think they take it a little too far because in science communication articles about this, they often describe this as listening to the universe or and you can hear the chirp. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that gives people the impression that gravitational waves are sound or that colliding black holes make a sound. Remember that space is quiet. Sound can't go through space because there's no air. So these are gravitational waves, and you can take the frequency of those waves and transform it into sound waves and listen to it. The way you can take the the frequency of anything and transform it into sound waves. Like people took the Higgs boson events and transformed them into sound waves, and you're like listening to the Higgs boson. I don't really think you're listening to the Higgs boson, so you're not really listening to the universe. But poetically, I agree. It's another way to get information from the universe. Yeah, it totally works as an analogy, but I think some people think it's literal. And I just want to make the point that it's not literally listening to the universe. These are uh, gravitational waves, not sound waves. Although they kind of propagate in a similar way, right? Well, in the same way that that waves do propagate. But, you know, water waves are compression waves through a medium. Mm. And gravitational waves are ripples in space. Right, right. And so it's a little bit different. But And the analogy is very, very useful, as long as you remember it's an analogy. Don't stick your ear into space and expect to hear gravitational waves. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's very poetic. It's like all of a sudden you can hear and suddenly you're hearing all these toilet flushings across the cosmos. It's very poetic. Yeah, exactly. Listen to the, the, the universe flushing away its waste. Well, on that note, uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that discussion. Uh, It's a pretty heavy topic, and I hope we handled it with gravitas. Yeah, hope you didn't get gravitationally seasick. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great day, guys. Do you have a question you wish we would cover? Send it to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, one word, or email us to feedback at danielandjorge.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. 
Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.